Welcome to Owen and Brew's Barbecue. Today we are serving up squid chatta. Yeah. That's right. My name is Matt. I'm joined by fishing expert Nick and chowder chief himself, Chris. Now, Welcome that, back to the show. Get a bowl of chowder, kid. Is that the red or the white chowder? <laughs> it's only the white. Fuck the red. <laughs> it's the type that has a face sucker. This, this is not deep, a deep inside. podcast, I forget. That's right. That's right yeah. It's, mm. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Uh, I need it to hear it. seven seconds to break a rule. I <laughs> almost prepped you beforehand, but uh, we're, today we're talking about Chapter Eleven of The Mandalorian. That's right; yeah. it's the yeah. heiress. Definitely not Chapter Eleven in a bad way. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> good episode, yeah. Very good episode. Yeah. Uh, so, you, quick off off the cuff, uh, your your guys' hot takes. You love this episode better than than the last, obviously. Yeah, my hot take is it felt like Star Wars. You know, like it, it was, no, no. I mean, I, more so than than usual. I mean, yes, it, you know, Mandalorian feels like Star Wars. I think it's 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 the Western version, you know, or the, the more Western version of Star Wars. But I felt like I was watching an episode of Star Wars, like you know, with the, with the, uh, um, with just how you know when they they took over that ship. Like I, I actually let me let me, let me reframe that. I I, th- I felt like I was watching Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. They yeah. took over that ship, which I thought was great, and that's part and parcel because of some of the characters that were on the show. But um, I felt like this was a little bit different of a feel altogether. But it, it felt much more like I was in that Star Wars universe. Um, stormtroopers can't hit any; can they, well, they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn or whatever. I, I couldn't hit the side of the Bantha. Um, just like they come, some of the one-liners in there were some good nods, um, but it felt more like a Star Wars. Not 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 that other episodes. Were, were bad because they didn't, but this one felt more like it was a uh, uh, one, one of the films. So no, yeah, I, um, I agree. Yeah, I felt it I was really, like, really liked it. Yeah, like what you're saying. I felt it was a space western, and it had all the usual elements that make it Star Wars because you had, you know, you had the Mando and the child's bond, and yeah. but then you also had the Empire aspect of it that people mm-hmm. want to see. That people love seeing stormtroopers and the Empire, but you also That's- had the scoundrel aspect of it too. You know, yeah. like the of the whole pirates. You know, like trying to get their own and then shooting them out, and then of course the Mandalorian stuff coming in. You're like, oh, this it's got a little bit of everything. I felt. Well, I think you just nailed it, man. Like I think this there's been a, it's been a few episodes since we felt the presence of the Empire, and mm-hmm. um, and it, it was definitely well represented this week, which is great. Um, I also want to just say a quick take. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard uh, directed mm-hmm. this this episode as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you caught the the shout out to her dad. Yeah, that's what that, that was. Gave. Yeah, before we record, that's what I was going to talk about. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought that was just really rad. You know, no, it was. Yeah. For uh, for Apollo 13, which I thought was pretty cool. Because it's it's beat for beat. That's what's yeah. crazy about. Because I mean, even the opening shot to me felt like, oh, this could be. You know, like the modular capsule coming over like a planet, and then you see Earth there. You know, that's what I thought. And then when you start getting in it, and you see the actual going into the atmosphere, it is it's shot for shot for the reentry from Apollo thirteen with even the uh, the water dropping dripping uh, off of the yeah. off the switches and stuff. You're like, oh wow, I was like that's really cool. You and know? she totally she totally confirmed it too. Like the, she actually it was on Twitter, and um, even Ryan Johnson gave her a little 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 clap clap. Yeah, a little nod. Hey, give her a movie. That's that's all we're asking for. Star I'm with it. So, yeah, or or let her let her head up. Um, you know, another show. I don't know. They're they're just giving these shows out left and right on on Disney Plus. But uh, you know, and uh, yeah, no, I was it was it was really cool. Um, and you know, one of the, one of the things that that I had seen on on Twitter that I really liked was uh, someone was pointing out the uh, the ILM flex, the uh, the digital 
you know, we're, we're so used to just seeing all of this great eye candy and all of this great special effects, but that scene of the crane pulling it out of the water yeah. and all that water dripping off, that looks real, you know, yeah. and how it, how it moved, how it flowed off of that ship. Everything about that scene was just so, so good. So, um, so, um, so much to talk about and unpack here in this. It's like where to begin, right? Like, uh, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I loved seeing that repurposed AT-AT with the crane yeah. and, uh, even the yes, joke. dude, I was like, that's an AT-AT. That's amazing. It, it was, it, at first I was like, oh, it looks like an AT-AT. And I'm like, no, that is an AT-AT. Yeah. They, they totally just tore it apart and made it their own crane out of it, which I thought was pretty cool. Exactly. That, cause uh, my second view is when I, I, I noticed it the first, oh, it looks like an AT-AT. But when mm -hmm. you actually just listen to it instead of watching, it yeah. makes the exact same sounds when it's moving. You're like, oh, it's the same sounds as the AT-AT. There's a lot of callbacks and like sound effects from the previous episode like like actual movies that were thrown in there i think there's a there's a sound effect from one of the pod races um that that's thrown apart or that's that's thrown in there as he's he's falling into orbit but i love the joke it's so simple but you know it's like he's about ready to stick the landing in <laughs> boom yeah that was so neat too because like i i'm sure like a lot of people were expecting the typical like oh it's like he's just hovering above it and then also the engines would conk out and he just like crash on the deck but it goes a step further than that of just like oh in the one you're like oh crap like yeah, yeah it sucks <laughs> oh my gosh what, what a... which is followed by one of my favorite lines of the episode he goes I, I, I can you fix it he goes I'll make it fly. He had the weirdest voice like I, I make it fly yeah and then you know, so. Funny he's enough, Boston, um, right? Yeah, for, like, he's, he's from Boston. Boston, right? He's like a Mon Calamari that spent some time in the, in the, um, in the so shorts. That, that was actually a, um, I forgot what it was. I, I don't know if I recognize the actress, but there was an actress that got, um, uh, I, she, she was swimming one of the video games, correct? Is that, yes. that what I was reading? Oh, was that uh, her? okay. I forgot who it was, but she was an actress. Well, uh, well you're looking on car. What was that? Uh, she's from Bob Star Wars Battlefront Two. Okay, Danina Gavankar. Um, but it's also kind of cool too. Is there? There's there was this whole like you know meme on the internet that it was Knives Out meets Star Wars because of the fisherman sweater that he was wearing was yes. not unlike the one from Chris Evans and in, in Knives Out, which I still have not yet seen. I, I was going to mention this, like so in in this universe, we've we've established two things in. Uh, this episode a there's a gap somewhere on this planet and b they also have ipads so the, oh, just right. that sweater that sweater just straight <laughs> right, up looks right. like something from the gap and then later we see him with a with an ipad so um great great there's there's, there's clearly no, some there's shopping no apple there. doesn't reach man <laughs> it's galactic yeah it's going back in time so i loved even just the setup of this little fisherman wharf here like like mm -hmm. just how this like looks so lived in looks so real and just how it's like all pocked together you know like um so um let's see uh nick you you've got your notes there so <laughs> like <laughs> sure the, well, the flow. me just being dorky uh going back to like the very opening I, I always like the little details that they do with everything they they show you know, because like I, I translated everything because like you see like warning, stabilize your era. Then you later see uh, landing gear offline. And even like 
as they're approaching the hard landing, you see this screenshot of, I know it's like a window for them to enter the orbit, like the way you would in a manual entry, but it mm-hmm. looks just like the Death Star. You know, it's a circle with this hmm. little hole in it. And you're like, oh, look, it's like just little things that I like being dorky. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. So we get a happy reunion with the frog people. The only happiness we can yeah. we can have in, 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 in Star Wars is from uh, the frog people. Yeah. I know it was a bit roll, but I felt she was selling it a little too much, you know. I thought it was sweet. She I'm called kidding. out to him, and then he calls back, and yeah. um, and and a little anticlimactic when he's just like, apparently in this travel, or maybe in Mando's sleep, he learned how to speak frog because yeah. he's like, he did oh. catch some of it, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, the the inn over there. I yeah, just yeah. assumed that he was pointing to someplace, but uh, yeah. how can how can you tell? And then we see the the robed lady for the first time, like yes. watching. Which made me, after the third viewing of this, really go, what good were the frog people? Because the information he told him was really crappy. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they, they go to the inn, and then those people don't help him at all. If it wasn't for her like creeping, right. on, creeping on him at the dock, Mando and the child would have been goners. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I think I would have been a little peed off, like coming in like, you know, like, what the heck, guys? You know, those eggs are mine now, baby. Take them. <laughs> what's up with the quarants being such dicks they've always been that they've way, always though. been that way yeah i mean you know you you've you've watched the the clone wars i mean there was like yeah. that whole civil war which actually kind of made me wonder you know like like i think when we saw the trailers we always kind of suspected like oh are we gonna see mon Cala, you know finally um but no this is basically they're the only water creatures and they found this other world is it is something did something happen to Moncala during the you know the uh, you know rebellion and the mm. empire that basically it's toast like they've had to go out and settle somewhere else? Could have been, yeah. So um, you know the the the, the Quarren always even though they've been around much longer than than the parts of the Caribbean movies, but they always remind me of of uh, you know the octopus on the face and you're just kind of like mm-hmm. I can't unsee it when I see them. I'm like oh like. <laughs> And so when I see them in a dock, I'm like, oh, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. They're all just pirates out there going, which is kind of what happened in a way. Yeah, they, they, they straight up. And uh, as we learn later in this episode, like this is all like a black market, um, you know, area. So a uh, great place to raise a family. <laughs> it's the only place they can raise this family, but still. Uh, good. good. I- we kind of alluded to the opening though. I, I did like it, you know, when, you know, they're at the, the inn and, uh, you know, he just orders the child, the chowder for baby Yoda. And, you know, normally you'd see baby Yoda just chow down on whatever's in front of him. <laughs> but you, when you see it move, you're like, Oh, what's that? You know? And in like another, cause we got an alien reference last episode. No. Yeah. In the second yeah, one, in it's the like, second we got one. another one now. Cause like, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh my God, it's a face hugger. I thought it actually was an alien. Like, oh. like are they, are they cross ju- crossing movies here? But then he's like, <laughs> Oh, it's a squid. Never mind. Very smooth move. Cause he just pulls out that pocket knife and he's just like, Poof. well, it's not even a pocket knife. He pulls out cool. his dagger and just like jabs it and kills it you can tell you can tell it's a cgi thing yeah yeah it didn't it's just kind of like (laughs) yeah it was a little little but you know whatever you know i can i can forgive it for things so i couldn't forgive it i didn't let it go i clearly (laughs) it's it's probably why it has a 9.1 on imdb yeah so that's that's what ruined the episode that's why it has a 9.1 it went from a 10 to a 9.1 because he didn't clearly i've seen a lot of people saying this is the greatest episode in the series um redemption still rocking a 9.3 um and and i think 
rightfully so it's still a little a little better um not that i not that it matters but i do kind of check these things just to see like oh what's what what is the general consensus so i don't know if i'd say it's my favorite episode it's it's definitely a great episode um, I think I think a lot of it is just because we got the Night Owls and yeah. Bo-Katan. I think it's just that first crossover of an animated character into live action ever, and so they're just that and, and the first of that. and the first voice actress that mm-hmm. crossed over. No, no. Who, who else? In, who? In, in the same role? Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, okay. Last season, uh, what's his name? Who voices Anakin was on the ship with uh, with uh, Bill Burr. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I was just meaning like she she voiced Bo-Katan and then she she is actually embodied Bo-Katan. That, that was so. Cool. Let's talk about that really quickly. So first of all, casting, awesome. I mean, granted, yes, yeah, she was the voice, but like makeup and everything, she looks perfect, right? Um, and here's the fun thing for me is that like I did not read up anything on this episode <laughs> at all I, I i went into it blind i wasn't reading up on it at all and i had no idea that katie sackoff was cast in, in the series oh and so for th- th- that was actually like a genuine surprise for me and I nice super pumped to see that um but i I've, have purposefully not read anything about the season or or anything um and it was it was really cool to see uh you know the voice in the clone wars embodied in the character and have them do such a good job with making her look like her um mm-hmm. that was great or again who knows maybe they 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 also could create the comic or the cartoon rather based upon the voice actor which they often do sometimes too no um okay so so nick and i you you and i like we kind of went toe to toe like trying to track down like her age Cause you were at first you were like, she looks good for 50. And I was like, uh, is she 50? Um, you know, we were trying to figure out like exactly how old Bo-Katan is in this moment. Yeah. It's safe to say somewhere between 45 and probably 48. I'm like saying 40. I don't I mean, think she's that young, but well, okay. So if she's 30 though, if she's 30 at the, at the end of rebels. Yeah. Um, but, well, think about it though. Like, so, you know, she's at least 20. At the end of, let's say she's eighteen at the beginning of the, of the Clone Wars, and twenty at the end, or twenty-one at the end. Then you have another eighteen years. Nineteen. Nineteen. I know it's nineteen, but like I'm saying, like Rebels is not officially at right at, but you know. Sure. But yeah, it, but I mean, it's very close. It's within one very year. Close. So that's oh. what I'm saying. Like you do the math. That's close to forty. Then add another seven. So I'm saying she's got to be at least forty-five. But. All right. Well, I'm saying she's 40. You're saying either she's way, 40. she's been spent the last 25 years looking for a goddamn dark saber. <laughs> uh, no, she looked for the last seven years for dark or nine years. Well, we don't know when she's lost it, but there was a great well, purge, and yeah, we don't know the when the purge is yet. We assume yeah. the purge is right around the New Hope, uh, because at the okay. end of the Clone Wars, we saw them take back over mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mandalore, and yeah. so she was the not a fisher ruler, but kind of like the, you know, the, the person. Yeah. And, uh, and then we assume that the great purge came soon after that, because like, Oh, you overthrew the empire on this planet. We can't have that. So we're going to come down hard on that. And then at some point, yeah, she lost the dark saber because Sabine gave it to her. You know, I was like, right. oh, like you know, so. so, so for those that haven't watched clone wars or rebels, you know, and, and know nothing about the cartoons, 
which it seems like there's a lot of Star Wars fans out there that that, that haven't, and that's fine. That's that's fair. But um, you know, I I, I kind of wonder though, like, do they understand that she is the heiress? Right. You know, this is the one. This is the one title that we get that is probably the most elusive title. I think. I think all of the other chapter titles are straight up on the nose. Like you know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. I forgot one one cool um, realization I had. So again, not having any idea of the casting, not having any idea of what characters are going to be in this episode. Um, I was watching the episode and I had um, closed captions on. Mm-hmm. And b- before you are even revealed who it is, you know, it, it gives you kind of like who's giving the dialogue. And yeah. Like, I'm like, no! Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I saw the name and I was like, this is sick. And that was glued to my to my phone at the time. Um but yeah, so so far, so good, man. It was it was it was a lot of fun. The, you guys might not know this. I just think it's stuff like that I just find interesting because you know, Dave Filoni created the character Bo Katan and mm-hmm. he got the name from three different things. Well, two really, but Bo, uh, because his cat's name is Boogie, so Bo for short. And then cat for cat. And then his wife's name is on Anna or Anna Ann. And so like Boca Tan, like hmm. that's, he combined those three sounds to make that name. So that's it's kind of cool. like his, his baby. It's pretty cool. And, and the, uh, the name of one of the other night owls that we see with her Axe wolves, uh, gets his name from George Lucas of all places. So really cool that, you know, the old, the old maestros coming in to just throw down some, some, some things here. So, uh, and what a cool name, Axe Wolves. Mm. So uh, the other, the other night owl is Casca Reeves. I believe that is how, how we would pronounce her name. Uh, yep. That is the one played by uh, Sasha Banks. So. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not a huge WWE fan. So, or I mean, I guess I am on the surface, but like not in general. So I, I didn't know that that's who it was. I didn't know who she was. Uh, she had like a familiar face. Like she know you knew she was somebody from something. Um, but then I, I was on Twitter afterwards and, and saw that it's uh, it's Sasha Banks from uh, WWE, which I thought was kind of cool. I mean, you, got, you have two essentially two um, professional female athletes so far that have been on like are I mean, either with. Um, Sasha Banks from WWE, and of course um, Gina Carano from um, Ultimate Fighting slash yeah. American Life. I think, I think I think Gina can take her. She has a little bit more muscle mass. <laughs> you know. I do like that they're. Mask, her mask won't slow her down either. I do like that they're they're continuing to bring in the people that that can actually like do some of these action sequences. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so I think that's why. Like, even though I'd love to see Ashley Eckstein play uh so katana she just doesn't mm-hmm. have the, the physical build for it because she's only like five foot tall you know and she just yeah just and i know that fans were upset about that but i also feel like it's it's okay i mean you know like mm-hmm. you know we we had to retcon so much with obi-wan kenobi so the fans <laughs> that are like how did obi-wan kenobi age so much well it's a desert, the desert okay the desert, yeah like clearly bo katan's been under this mask she's looking hot so um she can she can keep her age, you know, a secret. So, um, uh, we, go should, ahead. we should probably explain. I don't know if you guys want to uh, explain the clans first, or night owls, or how let's, yeah, let's, all this stuff got into that. Because like, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't understand the history of Mandalorians and like why 
some wear their helmets and some don't wear their helmets and like all these things. And it is interesting to see some of the, uh, the internet quabbles about like, Oh, they're not really real. You know, I was like, what do you know? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Internet quabbles though. Like sometimes I'm just like, seriously, this is, this is a thing now. Like people are upset that there are women that have breastplates for armor. Like, what is what is can we just enjoy Star Wars? We want them we want them mashed down that way, have, like you know, like have you never like clearly these fans have never been to a Star Wars celebration or any type of convention because if you look at some of the man you know the, the handmade <laughs> stuff that's out there, like uh you know, breastplates that accommodate to the womanly figure have been around. Cosplay is not consent. Just so you know, people out there. <laughs> That is true. Just saying, though, that there's a lot of people that have been doing cosplay with with these things. And uh, it, wait, I'm yeah. sorry. People are complaining. About people that? were complaining about the fact that there were that they had, yeah, that they basically had breastplates to show off their their womanly physique. People always need something to complain about. You know? I know, like Baby Yoda like, eating eggs. Else. You know, it's just yeah. like, which is kind of weird. But I'm like. You do eat eggs yourself, though, yeah. right? I know. Yeah. I mean, and it's, yeah, it's meant to be a joke because he's eaten so many things already. Yeah. I mean, he ate the frog. I mean, what's the big deal? He ate eggs and they weren't even fertilized. And it wasn't, she wasn't an endangered species. It's just fertilized. the end. Oh, yeah. But I, I think I think uh, Hasbro had to stop production on all of the uh, things that they had. Baby Yoda have the ton of eggs in his mouth, too. <laughs> That figure, that figure scrapped. They were like, "Uh oh, fans aren't responding to this." But then, you know what? There's, I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but let's talk a little bit more about people who kind of made guest appearances. The Man in Black. (laughs) Yes, the Man in Black. Titus Welver was in this episode. Third, third person from Deadwood to to appear in this this show. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like it it took me a second to recognize him because, like, he just because with his hair all covered, I was like. I know him. I was like, oh, yes. you know, but it's like, it's my life. You know, it was interesting to me also as, as well, like in that, you know, cause we assume that the empire is pretty small at this point, you know, which there's a lot of questions I have just about the mystery behind this. Cause you assume Marf Gideon, Moff Gideon is the one who, you know, did. I like Marf Gideon. That's Marf, pretty fun. Marf. Yeah. Marf. <laughs> That's uh, going to be the space balls version of the Mandalorian. Exactly. <laughs> Marf. No Martin, yeah. Marf. Uh, uh, we assume, you know, he's the one that did the uh, uh, the purge, you know, and he is kind of in control of this one particular sector of mm-hmm. space. So you wonder, yeah. like, how big is his fleet? You know, like, how much power does he really have over this, you know, this one little spot in the outer rim? And, you know, and like the ones that are left, because you know that after the, empire, the emperor died, you know, some people probably defected or some people just quit altogether. And the only ones left or like the fanatics, like the diehard fanatics. Well, and you saw that in this episode. It was almost like, you know, like you saw in World War II movies, you know, with him mm-hmm. with the pill. And you're like, oh, like, wow. Like they're, you know. Yeah, it's hardcore. Oh, cool take on the cyanide pill, though, isn't it, though? Like it is. Had the one that kind of like electrocuted himself. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I the, thought that was it, awesome. It's the fresh maker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's and, kind of what I thought, too. But, yeah. but to, your, to your point, Nick, talking about the fanatics, you know, the, there was a side of the emperor, empire that we haven't seen um, that happened in the cockpit when he, when Moff gave the order. Right. So like mm-hmm. never before have we seen, you know, an Imperial officer um, like murder his own men. I yeah. Mean, 
you know, the, which was which was interesting, and um, it kind of lends to the darker side of what the future of the empire is, which I thought was like that that scene itself, although morbid, I, I thought was actually kind of like really cool because it kind of it kind of ups the stakes of the game a little bit. It's not the same, so. And- in, in one contrast, if it felt like a Star Wars movie, it also kind of went in a completely different direction that the Star Wars universe could go into. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little reading a little too far into it. but No, no, I, I think that's that's great. Like, we, we get two, we get the setup of two fanatical groups in this, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we, right. we get the reference to the fact that uh, these guys are extreme as Although, far as the Empire. But then also, oh, go ahead. This is it. I, 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 I recanted the fact that uh, Darth Vader totally murdered one of his own officers. But, um, <laughs> well, yeah, but he murdered, you know, it's not, not, not self-suicide, not kamikaze style. Um, but we also get the, the, what we've always thought um, that, and this will, this will get uh, to your, your point that you were trying to get to um, is that we had suspected that the Mandalorian was rescued by a fanatical group or somebody that would be more of a religious kind of sect or something that would be a little, well, I compare it to a religious sect, you know, and, and the fact that there's a splinter or they, they've gone off and they, they, they are very extreme about the, the old way essentially. Well, I, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's more because like what we've seen now, because we always assumed, you know, it's like just the planet of Mandalore can only be Mandalorians, but they mm-hmm. think of it more as a religion and or just a cultural thing. That's just yeah. why he can be a Mandalorian, even though he's not from Mandalore. <clears throat> and I always thought of Death Watch, which is what rescued him in season one, everybody. That's why they have like, the you'll see the symbol on their side. And you can, you know that from the, from the Clone Wars, if you ever watch the cartoons. Um is that I think of them as like Puritans, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. left England, like they're, they're the group that's like, Nope, this is it. We're only doing it very, you know, like no dancing's allowed. Like, you know, like it's like, <laughs> it's very strict. And so that's, you know, he was raised by this very small, uh, uh, uh from Biz. I always forget, I can't say that. Uh, oh, clan, clan, clan Bizla. Yeah. Clan Bizla yeah. was like the, the main clan that broke away that became death watch. Now, let's just explain what the clans are. This has nothing to do with white supremacy. So let's just get that out of the way. You're right. Um, the, the term clan, and also spelled with a C, let's be very clear about that, um, is referring to essentially a family. Right. So when they, when they use that term, you can almost kind of think of like, this is family, whatever the last name is. And right. so you have... Um, and some of the, some of the, we've actually seen other Vizlas in the Star Wars universe. Um, even in the Mandalorian, um, there was a, a Paz, I think, Vizla. He was in chapter three. He was one of the large ones that was basically like, I think it was the one that was played by John Favreau, actually. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've seen pre Vizla, which was in the, the, the Clone Wars. He was, he was one of the ones that led Death Watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also Tar. Vizla, T-A-R-R-E, and he is the person who was a Jedi that was Mandalore and created the Darksaber. Yeah. Darksaber, yeah, he brought the Darksaber. Um, uh, for, for, anyone also, for anyone also that, that still might be having a little bit of a, trying to understand what a clan is and a, and a house, Yes. Ones, is that I always try to think of it like if I'm explaining, like if you watch the Game of Thrones, it's the same thing. And that like you have like House Stark, but you also mm-hmm. have Family Stark. And so that's what, exactly what Matt is saying. 
So like, for example, Bo-Katan is of clan Cre- uh, Crease, but she's also of house Crease. So like, you know, house Stark, you know, clan Stark, same thing in that you have your own family, all loyal to this one particular house. Well, you, you can have different clans loyal yeah. to a house. So your Correct. clan could yeah. be, um, you know, uh, clan Nick, let's say, but you belong to house J and Jack. Right. So, uh, yeah. So the house is kind of more of like a political faction, you know, um, or something larger that, that everyone in the clan subscribes to. So, uh, whether you not, whether you want to think of it as a political faction or a state or just a regency or an ideology, but so it kind of goes clan, then house, and then you have above that you have a ruler that rules over all of the different houses. So, essentially, yeah. like a so yeah. Going back to the Clone Wars um, cartoon, so that, that's a little bit fresher in my mind because I, I I finished that over the last few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, Previsla was in was in the Clone Wars. Um, he. Fought Obi Wan, did he not? Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Right, and and there was a little bit of a. I, I remember him kind of going over like a, um, giving him almost like revealing a little bit of like a of the history of of Mandalore, right? So I think he was, um, he like taunted him with the with the dark saber, and it was like you know I talked about how you know what's his name jump ship came over from the Jedi to Mandalore and and then stole the dark saber on his way out i think it was or, or something like that and now you talk about how it's killed so many people and he's gonna be the next person to die from it or mm-hmm. so many jedi and he's gonna be the next person to die from it so um it was it's just kind of cool to kind of see it come you know full circle but yeah i want i want more yeah and uh so a little bit a little bit of more history on on the clone wars and, and nick i think think you probably have some notes on this but uh you know to, to give the, the listeners a little bit more idea if they don't know. So you had Duchess Satine, who was the ruler of Mandalore during the Clone War era. And now, John's older sister. Older sister, correct. And she was basically, a, she was the leader during a time of peace. So the Mandalorian culture by nature is very warlike, but they had gone through this time of peace. And they were actually somewhat independent. You can almost kind of think of them as Switzerland, except they had an army where Swiss Switzerland doesn't have an army. So, so during this period of time of the clone wars, they're basically like, we're not taking sides with the separatists and we're not taking sides with, the, with the Republic. But then you had pre Vizsla empowered by the separatists. Who's basically like, nah, I'm going against that. I'm going to take us back to the old Mandalorian ways and start this. Uh, Cause he was, he was boys of Dooku, wasn't he? Yeah. He was kind of in league. Uh, well, he just wanted that power. He wanted them to take them back to their glory days. And and that's so Bo- Bo-Katan, everybody out there, you're going to probably see some conflict with her. Maybe, maybe not. But she was a part of Death Watch, which I thought was interesting that she did not yes. mention that at, at mm-hmm. all to the Mandalorian that I used to be part of the Watch. Right. Well, she uh, kind of taunted him a little bit. Yeah, right? I thought she I was mocking this. him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. like we're talking yeah. about how like, oh, you're you're one of the the, the rescued children, like you know, children like, of the watch, children mm-hmm. of the watch. Yeah, well, yeah. not not but, only yeah. Well, sorry, not just busting his balls. He's busting his balls. Yeah, but not only that, I felt the first time she says, "This is the way." Yeah. It's almost like like a. <laughs> You're so stupid. This is the way. <laughs> no, this is this is this was one of my favorite parts, and like, I think this like goes to the old I Republic. Think, called they want their 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 motto back. <laughs> I think 
I think this is this was one of the things that, that points to like even just the the nuance that somebody like Katie Sackcoff as an actress brings to it. The way she delivers that line of yeah. this is the way. Like she's just right. like like you will listen to me because right. this is the way. And she's using it as a weapon, but then when she says it at the end, yeah, it's she like means it, I felt. Yeah, yeah, she means it and it's earnest and it's like it's a little bit more respectful. And I just, I love the twist. I love the fact that, that, you know, there's a little bit of character growth in this, you know, it's not just on the surface, like, you know, screw you, dude, you know, um, one, one other thing, you know, to, to just kind of talk about the clans real quick is that what we've seen with the children of the watch and with the, basically the culvert, um, that they had on, um, you know, the planet there is they were kind of referred to as a tribe which is kind of unique because it's not a house. It's not a specifically a clan, but it's a tribe of all of these. So I'm not really quite sure how that really fits into their hierarchy, but it was something that was, that was a term that was a little bit separate from, from all of the, you know, clans, houses, who's, who's on whose side. It is a little bit confusing to know that Bo-Katan, the Duchess's sister was part of Nightwatch uh, or Death Watch, excuse me. And within Death Watch, she was also, part of this night owl faction which right. separates eventually Separate, from yeah. from death watch so it's a little confusing because there's a lot of moving parts it's a very like you know well, if you were like i don't really like all of this politics and all of this noise <laughs> well guess what uh when you get into mandalore there's a lot of this stuff right well the, the I, easy i'm way- hoping that uh i was gonna say i'm hoping that there's you know this is kind of like a precursor ish to what could be the obi-wan series because of like his involvement behind the scenes, like he was totally banging Duchess Satine for like <laughs> years, for a long time, right? And just they they that, had feelings for each other. Ah, dude, come on! But like, <laughs> dude, that this is the way, okay? <laughs> like, if there was ever a way that Ray could have been an, a, a Kenobi, it would have came through the Duchess Kenobi connection in more than one way. Yes, um, but. I don't know, man. Maybe we're going to see a little bit more of that. I mean, because if you think about what's what, what can they market to, it could be a tie-in to the Mandalorian of sorts. Well, I think if there's going to be a, a Mandalorian movie or miniseries that, you know, um, Howard. Oh, Bryce, Bryce, Howard? Bryce, 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 Bryce Howard. Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard could direct. I think there could be a Purge movie. I'd watch it. Um, oh, well, yeah. that's, that's because that's that's a, it's a it's an interesting yeah. little thing that they've still not shown. And uh, I I always and I wonder because we really don't have a, a, a dead set time of when the purge happens. But slight spoilers for <coughs> Rebels. We learned that Sabine Wren of Clan Wren, by the way, <laughs> she is someone who designs a weapon that is used against the Mandalore and. We don't know if that was used part of the purge, but it happens pre uh, a new hope. Um, but it was a weapon that was that was used um, against the Mandalorians by the Empire. So, um, was it used during the purge? We don't know. Yeah. So, but um, something something to think about. I did want to just finish up though with uh, with Death Watch. Like, sure. uh, so for everyone out there, the easiest way to think about. Death Watch and where Bo-Katan fits in. Like we said, she was a lieutenant in Death Watch, but then like kind of like what Chris had alluded to, they kind of were in league with the dark side and Maul appears and basically takes over uh, Death Watch and the planet of Mandalore. And at this point is when Bo-Katan says, no, you've lost your direction, Death Watch. We're no longer 
you know, we're not going to be subdued to this Sith person. And so that's why the night owls kind of become a, an offshoot of death watch of like, no, we're keeping the, the true course. And this ends up being the downfall kind of of death watches kind of aligning with Darth Maul, which we don't see that uh, fall until the very end of the Clone Wars in this last season that just premiered this year. Um, oh, so yeah. if anyone right. has not watched it, uh, you know, like I said, we, we always highly recommend watching the Clone Wars cartoon series as well as the Rebels. Uh, they're great and will fill in the gaps of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and especially this last season that you're mentioning, Nick. I mean, this last season was, was essentially an Ahsoka Tano slash uh, uh, What's his name? Rex. Uh, Darth Maul take, taking Darth over Maul. Mandalore. Yeah. That, that, that's pretty much what the season was. So there's a whole lot of cool, you know, stuff in that that lies in there. So maybe once uh, once Rosario Dawson arrives on scene, maybe we'll get a little, even more of a background there too. Even their outfits. Death Watch has always been, and we even see this in uh, the earlier season, season one of The Mandalorian. The Death Watch wear the blue armor. We see the Night yeah. Owls. They have the blue armor. It should be mm-hmm. like a ding, you know, like they're connected. So um, I do like the fact that basically, uh, and we've, we've kind of skipped over some some of the plot stuff here. Oh, did you have more notes on, on Mando? No, you're good. Go ahead. Uh, the Mandalorian. It's, it's a very rich history that's been very like sprinkled throughout it's it's almost like a like a seasoning that like it's 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 here it's there it's here it's you know and it's in comics um but so let's move forward plot wise um mando is told like okay um yeah i can take you to them which by the way i I immediately i'm like this is a it's a trap Mm. (laughs) it's a trap (laughs) Um, <laughs> I, I, I was kind of pissed that that wasn't said not, not once during the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and we we hear about this uh, mammacor, uh, you know, uh, squid creature, whatever's in the water there. The water starlack. Yeah, <laughs> water starlack. I like that. Um, and uh, immediately, uh, yeah, it's it, the trap is sprung. Um, Mando is is. Uh, basically about to be uh, you know stabbed drowned whatever for his best car and best car, yeah. the uh the night owls fly down uh save him we see this classic shot of of him being rescued with the hand reaching down which is great it's a very, very great callback to how he was saved as a child and here he's being saved again um and the moment where mando's like i've been looking for you guys oh not you not, not you. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. Too. It was like, it's just like so, talk about male stubbornness. It's just like this yeah. is what it is. You're just like, oh my gosh, how much money, how much credits have you spent, how many people have you killed to meet these people, and then you're like, no, nah, I'm good. Oh, you're a woman. Oh, I'm. You, you took off your helmet. I don't want to see your face. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> gross. So, is this the first time? Uh, not, not including Nabu. Um, and maybe like for a half a second during uh, Attack of the Clones, um, is this the first time st- we we've, we've been on water in Star Wars universe, hmm. like like a, on a boat? Oh, I see. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, on a proper like, I, boat, I, that's probably true. Like I don't yeah. think I've seen a boat in Star Wars until this week. Yeah, right. yeah. No, you're, like, you're they they're, they're on a freaking like 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 a fisherman's barge. Yeah, <laughs> the only other the only other water we get is in Rise of Skywalker, and they're not on a boat. Yeah, I, I don't even. Yeah, it's, you're like, man, exactly. I know. 
Well, I mean, and, and Nabu, whatever. Gungans eat it. <laughs> but like, and then there's, but I don't, I don't think. I mean, we we've been on like you know um, the underwater whatever. You 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 fl- they've flown above water yeah. a, a number of times, but uh, but ha- I don't think we've ever been on a, a proper boat in Star Wars. I thought that was kind of cool. There was also a. Um... Just talking about going back to Katie Sackhoff and what she brings to the character during this scene when he's still sitting uh, before they take their no, it's after they take their helmets off. She actually does look down at Baby Yoda and kind of gives this look of it could just be intrigue, but it's one of those moments of like because I don't think she ever met Yoda, right? Uh, but it could be one of those moments of like, what is this thing or like. You know, like I don't know. It just it just kind of made me curious of what her thought was in that moment when she's looking down at him. You know, you know what I thought. I think her thought was she was thinking, "This is a good time for a commercial break." <laughs> so bad um, that I would put that in there. But I'm waiting. For- <laughs> is it though? Is it? I I don't mind that that we get a little bit of a double repeat here. Of like basically they save Mando and they save him again. But I love. Yeah. I love the fact that uh, that that's that scene, you know, and I feel like this is straight up Bryce Dallas, Dallas Howard here, where that scene of the Mandalorians like flying off of the boat, you cool. know, as it explodes in the sunset, like that's just awesome. This is beautiful. But I I was led to believe though in the first panning shot of the boat that they were much farther out to sea than what that was because he's like he's like dude they just left the dock like <laughs> you know when right. they it's like oh, okay yeah. But I mean, it's just me being nitpicky. Um, well, it's it's uh, it's nighttime. Uh, his this brother Corin is mad because he somehow he knows that he just killed his brother. Uh, I don't understand he, that either. It's he's like, got a force. Like, dude, like your brother was trying to kill me and steal my armor. Like he had it coming, dude. Like, uh, dude, I thought he was gonna be a princess bride all over again. I, I was waiting for him to deliver that line. You killed my brother. <laughs> I just wanted him to say, "Prepare to die." Like that would have been fantastic. So, so now oh. I'll save him again. I love the line too of like, "No, I killed your brother." Like, let's go, dude. Um, they save Mando again. Why he couldn't have just flown off? I don't know. Um, so seems, true. That's, that's, I have a jetpack. There's a way out of here. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> easy way out of here. How are you going to shoot me when you when I'm flying away? But okay, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, let's go buy you a drink. Uh, that's where we get to that scene where uh, they're they're having a drink and and he, I love the line though where where he said he says something about the Jedi because mm-hmm. okay he doesn't know no. a, what his species is. All he knows is that he's part of an ancient you know wizard group called. Not even that. Yeah, like, the, the armor said that like you know because he said that he has the power you know to move things. He mm-hmm. said yeah there were people like him called Jedi. And that's all. That's all it is. Like he doesn't yeah. understand that it's a religion. He doesn't understand that it's a power. He Nothing. just knows that's what they're called. You know, as far as what we know. Yeah, as far as I what mean, we know about that's him. that's what's great. Like this episode to me, really, even though Mando is really worldly in mm-hmm. languages and like he has a lot of life experience, he's really naive and gullible when it comes to a lot of things. And and like you see that with the conversation at the bar of him talking about like you know, uh, oh. Mandalore is a cursed planet, you know, and all this I, stuff. And like, I did like that though. I mean, yeah. it, it may have like alluded to the fact of like what he's been taught as a ch- child of the watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I love that. Uh, what do you know of the Jedi? Right. You know, like, like, uh, yeah, they killed, you know, one of them's responsible for the death of my sister. 
basically. Like she could have straight up said that. Um, they had a kid. Her name's Ray. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Perfect, perfect timing. You know, that whole emperor thing, we're just going to slide right over that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, apparently uh, Mando has a perfect, like, I mean, perfect opportunity to get a babysitter. I It's so hard for me to find a babysitter, but man, he just babysitters left and right. Uh, they ask him to help out with, with his attack. He takes, he takes the, the child to the frog people. Watch my kid. I love that moment though, because every parent ever that has ever left their child with a babysitter, like you be good. You know what I'm talking about? Don't talk. Don't eat those. <laughs> and how many of you guys later at the end of the episode, we're just waiting for them to move their head and then him like, cause like he has his hands like right next to it. You just expect him to go, like any second. I'm like, no. Now, <laughs> see, here's where I kind of thought that there was a lesson learned here. Mm-hmm. He was eating the eggs earlier. But he doesn't know. Right. You know, he, he knows it as a food source, maybe because of the planet that he lived on or he grew up on a swamp planet or something like that. But perhaps, perhaps. As he sees life coming out of that egg and we see him like through the glass, like, oh, you know, like that cute moment. Mm -hmm. He sees life made and then he's with the family with that little creature. I I really honestly thought like there was there was a little bit of a growth there with Baby Yoda. He realized that life was coming from this thing. Maybe that's but then then he chuckles at the end when Amanda kills the uh, the weird starfish spider (laughs) thing. As we as we see that just going through his mouth, like ah, that was good. He does, <laughs> yeah. he does have a sadistic side to him, so yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It was that was cute though. Like when he squishes it, like he's a little like, ah, like, he's, like, <laughs> like he's so happy that he killed it. It's like food or something. So yeah, uh, this this sets up uh, one one of the great action moments of of the entire episode. What Chris, you alluded to, like we get stormtroopers, we get. We get Mando's fighting stormtroopers, and we get some very, very cool, you know, moments with this this whole action. Um, specifically, they're watching the uh, the Gazanti. Is that how you pronounce it? Gazanti uh, yeah, freighter off freighter. in the distance there, loading up, and um, we get the backstory of, of that this is a black market planet, and you know they're they're wanting to get this the uh, the weapons essentially. That's that's um, that's kind of what was kind of what I was alluding to a little bit too with with a uh, Moff uh, Gideon in that mm-hmm. you know this planet is clearly under his control as well and so mm-hmm. he's plundering Mandalore you know for the probably the iron ore and, and whatever making them somewhere and then shipping them to this planet to go elsewhere for, to make money you know so you're like mm-hmm. so what is he doing exactly what is he using this these guns where is he sending the guns like what's he using them for what, what's the money going for like so many things there's so many layers that could be opened up from this uh, I th- I think this is leading to we are going to see Moff Gideon star star destroyer at some point we're going to oh, yeah, see no it doubt. like like I feel like that's that that's got to be that's got to be the 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 chapter you know chapter eight of this this season is is leading up to you know I I, I don't know maybe not I could be wrong but you know how how awesome will, will that be though so um so um. The the other one thing that I wanted to just point out is watching that Gazanti freighter lift off and mm-hmm. the the exhaust that's coming off of it. This is another like special effect moment that I'm just like that is just so cool. 
like just that the, awesome. yeah, like it's, it's the little things, but <clears throat> seeing that little bit of atmosphere, that, that exhaust coming off as it's, as it's rising. Um, and, uh, some really funny moments as they, they attack this ship, including, um, there's, there's at least 10 of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Cause that, that's the way you would, you would exaggerate when you're, you know, when you're seeing everybody just die like that, like, Oh my God, there's at least 10, maybe 12. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> then like me just being was like the guy in the cargo hold the officer i was like isn't he a little old to be a lieutenant i was like good god man you're like 50 something years old and you never met past lieutenant like that's all they got left and clearly he's not that smart either he's, he's not a, yeah. he's a total worm like he's standing <laughs> there all brave like huh, huh. okay okay i got my Shut your doors yeah yeah so there was a lot of little things like did you notice um well first thing uh beat for beat the line that one of the stormtroopers says is like look over there stop them you know yeah. like it's like ah i have watched new hope enough times that as soon as i heard that yeah. and of course i'm telling my kids they're just like so this is kind of a throwaway line and i'm like well they didn't say that but i could i could tell that they were just like okay dad's a total geek <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i heard that line i was like oh that's from a new hope right there so it's also from um Jedi too. The uh, the bike scout troopers say it when the Ewok gets on the that he says, "Look over there, stop them!" You know, like it's, oh, I think it's yeah. said twice. Yeah, hmm. nice. Uh, and then also uh the comm link that uh they use yeah. in there is the same white one that C three po C three PO uses in a New Hope on the Death Star as well. So it's yeah, just little right. things like that that you look at, you're like, "Oh, that's cool." You know. Uh. We have confirmation that there is actually tea in this universe. Yeah, for real. <laughs> put put the tea on. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was just like a little jab at like how they are so aristocratic and they're, they're uh, you know, I mean, they've always been a little bit, usually played by British, you know, actors. Um, and, you know, uh, so. Oh, we should probably just because we're leading to that point when they actually take the bridge, we've already talked about, you know, um, Men in Black and all that, but uh, Bo-Katan is really interested in finding Dark Saber, and we haven't really, really talked about what Dark Saber is, other than like it was created by a Mandalorian who was a Jedi a long, long time ago. But also, uh, the Dark Saber is kind of like, kind of like King Arthur's sword in a way, in that it's the symbol that unifies the Mandalorians and like, this is what the, the leader holds. Yes. And she was made the leader of Mandalore, but obviously because of the purge, she didn't have that title for very long. And so she wants to get it back so she can reunite her people. That's her motivation uh, mm -hmm. for anyone out there. Yeah. And I, I think that's fair to, to say like that this, this is one of the, the first episodes where we actually have a little bit of an undercurrent of like, you, you kind of got to be in the know. Mm-hmm. And I like that the fact that like a the Mandalorian has never seen the dark saber no. uh, at all. He doesn't know about her quest. He has no, no, no clue. I mean, he basically Mando explains to her, you know, <laughs> at some point, And she's like, dude, I am the queen. Like, you know, like, he has no clue. She's just some random person. Then she's just like, okay, whatever, dude. Okay. Like you're in you the know. knee. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Uh, so, but I love, I love this whole sequence. Uh, it's great. You can watch it again and again. Um, and uh, just even just the effects that 
Gazanti freighter as it comes down and just on the water and all that mist coming up. And, um, you know, you have that moment where she's basically like, Hey, you're kind of good in a fight. You know, yeah, like, for real. Why don't you come with us? You know, it's a very Han Solo move. That was one of my, I have uh, several questions written down here for like, after the, we kind of do the recap, but that was one of them is like, do you think, cause she says like, you know, you're sure welcome to come with us, you know? And like, do you guys think that, you think he'll meet back up with them at some point and possibly will like maybe just right off in the sunset with them or like actually become a true Mandalore or another follow-up question would be, do you think he will abandon this, you know, the death watch code and actually eventually will take off the helmet and kind of say like, Oh, I don't have to be a fanatic, you know, just good. Um, I think if Pedro Pascal has his way, yeah, <laughs> cause I know he, he's kind of tired of wearing the helmet all the time. I would, I would be too. So I want to know how those three with the helmet on their hair is always spectacular, you know, but then like he takes off his the one time yeah. in season one and he looks like garbage. Like she's like, <laughs> it's, it's gotta be that heiress bloodline. Right. I, I mean, like yeah. a, she doesn't age, you and know, she's constantly taking it off. The hair is flowing, you know, it's, it's just like the hell makeup spot on, you know, <laughs> She's got that cool headband. Maybe it's that headband. It's the headband, yeah. That headband. That's the, it, air, that's the air conditioner he needed when he was walking through the desert last episode. I think yeah. you're right. I think, uh, Chris, I, I know you may or may not work for Apple, but do they make something like that as a headband, an Apple headband? Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, I'm thinking these Mandalorians got to put, like, those mascot fans inside their helmets and just solve all the problems. Yeah, exactly. Mascot fan. <laughs> That's exactly. He has to. The fans they put in those helmets, yeah, the, 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 the costumes, mm-hmm. has to. Fine. That's the only way he, he survived that desert without brain damage. So <laughs> people, people keep talking about all, all the unbelievable things on this show, but uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I had to carry 80 pounds of like rock salt across the like the Lowe's parking lot. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, just give it to wait, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and we get to probably the most exciting part of the episode to some people, which oh, is yeah. she finally lives up to her word and says, I will help you find the Jedi. Uh, you need to go to the planet, the forest. Oh, no, you need to go to the city of Cal- Caladan on the forest planet of Corvus, which is, this is a new location in Star Wars. It's never been out there before uh, to find Ahsoka Tano. Uh, which, like I said, for anyone out there who's never watched any of the Clone Wars series or the Rebel series, uh, Soka Tano is Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader's one and only apprentice. Well, uh, not Darth Vader's apprentice. I know, but like for people who might, <laughs> if you're that so far behind, you don't even know who Anakin Skywalker is. Why are you listening to this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, yeah every, every, yeah, my daughter just lost it at that moment. Just lost it. Just like, <laughs> she, that is all she's been waiting for and um they can't kill her off you cannot introduce ahsoka tano and oh, no. kill her off like you know not in one episode and not in one season like you yeah. have to establish this this character she is just too too larger than life yeah. i think she'll be just like in rebels like you'll see her every now and then but not as like a main you know thing to, to your to your question though though mm-hmm. nick ahsoka tano uh, the the night owls and their quest. Uh, I feel like there's a convergence, you know, mm-hmm. 
where where we're going to see these these storylines maybe even overlap a little bit. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, these are some of my questions. You know, like, and I'll go ahead and get some of them right now. It's like, so when we see, I don't think it'll be next episode. I think next episode we're going to get the reunion episode. You know, with back with uh, uh, Cara Carl, Dune and Grief. Cara, Grief yeah, Grief. I think we'll see that because the next episode is directed by uh, Carl Weathers. So I assume yes. it's back on that planet, uh, and then we won't get to Ahsoka until the fifth episode, which would make sense. Cause that's the one that was written by Dave Filoni and only he can really write Ahsoka Tano. Uh, well, um, I can say he would say like dibs, dibs, dibs. Yeah. Dibs. My character. Yep. Even though like this one though, had, had Bo-Katan yeah. who is also his character. So, um, you don't know, but, uh, there's some questions I really want answered. I don't know if we'll get them or not, but it's like, where was Ahsoka during the original trilogy? You know, like, is she still out there? Look, was she still out there looking for Ezra Bridges? Uh, Bridger. Bridger. And if so, was she successful with Sabine in finding Ezra? And if so, will Baby Yoda go to Ezra instead of Ahsoka? There's so many things that could potentially happen with all this overlap. I just want Ahsoka to see Baby Yoda and be like, it's a Baby Yoda! It's a Baby Yoda! Oh my god! <laughs> I, I, don't want, I don't want to hear any uh, uh, what's she called? Uh, Baby Jabba. <laughs> oh. uh, I don't uh, want to hear stinky. stinky. I don't want to hear any stinkies. I don't want to hear that ever. No. Like, no. <laughs> we don't need any stinkies. We don't need any lumpies. We don't need any itchies. Happy yeah. life day, everyone. I'll tell you what I want to see. And, and again, I have not gotten through all of Rebels. Hmm. Um, oh, I've okay. gotten through maybe a season and a half, almost two seasons of Rebels. And um, I know he's in it. And I'm hoping he will make his way to the Mandalorian, judging by the fact that we've got characters that he's been in contact with, like Bo-Katan, Ahsoka, who will be on soon, um, and a few others. I want to see Captain Rex. Oh, Oh, yeah. I thought you were going in a totally different direction direction than that. Okay. Yeah. Which, what if... Who everybody who thinks Boba Fett is from Episode Two? What if that's Captain Rex? No, we, we, we and we and Matt have discussed this. We think it would be he's too young to be Captain Rex at this point. Like it, it's, oh, Boba Fett's the only one that would he doesn't expect. have the goatee. You'd have to have, yeah. yeah, you'd have to grab the gray beard. And yeah, I don't know the gray beard. I, I haven't seen that yet. So the last I've seen him was oh, the uh, oh, was okay. with, with sorry with Rebels. I know he plays a role in, I mean, and I've seen images of it. So I guess I yeah. haven't seen it, but like um, I can only imagine, you know, how close I, he was to I, Ahsoka. I'm I'm I'm, I'm with you here on this, Chris. Like, how awesome would it be to see Ahsoka? And Rex settled down together, sharing a campfire on a forest moon somewhere. You know, like just like now you're just making it weird. <laughs> no, I mean there, there is there, there there's a lot of shippers out there. Uh, what if Baby Yoda is Rex and Ahsoka's baby? <laughs> now you're just being silly. That would just be weird. They were born way before Rex was even created. So yeah. I was thinking, Chris, you were going to go with Thrawn because that would be, to me, like the ultimate, like season four or season oh five. Yeah. Like, because the yes. whole time you're having this con- kind of like with Rebels, like you have the uh, the uh, Inquisitors, you know, in season one and a little bit in season yeah. two, and then it builds on build. I mean, like, what if you have, you know, 
uh, Moff Gideon this whole entire time, only to be revealed later that he's working for Thrawn. Oh my like, god, oh, that would be fucking dope. yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Every single Star Wars fan's heads would blow. Well, no, that, that, see that that's the number of people who know who Thrawn is is vastly dwarfed by the number of people who watch this show. That's silly. I uh, yes, but same with Bo-Katan and they introduced her and people that didn't even know her are just like she's awesome. And Thrawn, I would say is like the coolest be- guy ever. Because because of the heir to the empire the heir to the empire books, I I think there's a lot of Star Wars fans that haven't even watched Clone Wars or Rebels that cuz cuz you know, let's just face it. There's Star Wars fans out there that just won't watch the cartoons. Mm. And um I don't know why. Because it's got some really great story, really great acting, and uh, just do it. But to introduce Thrawn, though, there are there are a lot of Star Wars fans that just know of that through Heir to the Empire. The, the, the how big that book weighs on Star Wars lore. I just um, you know, they don't need to recreate it, but they can they can totally mimic some some elements that happen in that. So, and I would be totally down with that. So, Nick, thanks for putting that B in my ear. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, last notes on this episode. What What else you got there? Um. Just you know, uh, you know, we've already seen he, he got Baby Yoda back, and we see the Razor Crest again. And my immediate thought is Luke's line from A New Hope of "What a piece of junk!" Because <laughs> it's just this 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 col- mound calamari has just literally looks like thrown plywood on the side, and it's like, oh, okay, there you go, patched it up for you. And then when you see him lift off, it's just this rackety, like, oh, my God, I wouldn't even want to take off. I'd be like, I'm going to set this thing back down. Because you can even see, like, flaps just going off and off. You know, like, I don't and- think Credit isn't what it used to be. No. I'll tell you that much. There's no telling what's going to cost him to fix that thing up. Right. So in Moncala, are, like, fishing nets, like, the equivalent of, like, duct tape and, like, zip ties? Yeah, I was curious. I wasn't sh- I wasn't sure if that's what that was. At first, I, I thought, okay, are these, like, some kind of fishing nets? And then I thought, when I saw the starfish slash spider thing, I thought, oh, maybe these are, like, it's web or something. And I, was, I wasn't sure what it was. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah. That I makes more it. sense, though, for it to be, like, oh, I just kind of... Pieced it together. You know, yeah, like, yeah, here you go. Just holding it together here. You know, this should help with the shaking. Don't come but, back now. But I, I liked it um, when he goes into light speed. There's like a little piece of metal yeah. that's like still floating, and that's mm-hmm. straight out of Firefly. It and just ripped yeah. off of the side. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Uh, I forget which episode it is, or maybe it's even in the movie. But like they, they take off, and that one little piece of metal is still floating. And he's like, "What was that?" You know, it's like, and that's that's what it reminded me of was Firefly. And I was like, "Oh, that's so cool." Um, I did have some like random questions, if unless you guys have some other things to talk about. No, no. Okay, shoot. So, just me being an over imaginative person with this series. If we do see Boba Fett again in this season, or maybe the next season, do you think he's going to steal the child? Ooh. Because he is a bounty hunter, and there is a lot of money still out there to get the child, as wow. well as the Bas- the Beskar. Wow. Like a Mando versus Boba Fett? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I think I think that's definitely happening. Okay. Like, I, I is, think a Mando... Man, Mando's going to get his... his, uh, his or Boba Fett's going to get his armor back. I, I definitely think that the, there there has to be a showdown between you know it's just it's too ah I don't know it's it 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 just seems like it it needs to happen it's like magnets attracting each other like 
you know, you introduced him in the, at the end, like as a teaser, like we got to see him again at some point. Um, uh, yeah. All right. And then my other question, which was the biggest plot hole in the force awakens, which still drove me nuts because it was never answered is will the Mando be the one that finds Luke's lightsaber? Ooh, I, I like that too, man. You got, you're, you're hitting some, some ones to the fence right here tonight. Yeah. I like that. Cause like, it just made me think like you could, you, you had, you're in that time period. You yeah. could easily have him like trying to find it or like something like that. Or they like, maybe just run up upon it mm-hmm. because I mean, that literally is a story for another time. You yeah. Know? Like, it, it, yeah. They and they they can totally throw Maz in in an episode too. She's an underworld character that would totally fit into this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, she, like did, she did she uh, did fly the flag of Mandalore. Yeah, in her uh, at her place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Hmm. Very cool. Um, now we're getting just down and nerdy. <laughs> down and nerdy. I, like it. I mean, the better the better the scripts are, the better the episodes are. The more the gears start turning, and you're like, yeah. "Ooh, I want this! I want this! I want this!" <laughs> you know? There's just so many directions they could. T- I would love just to sit in like a production meeting or like a storyboarding meeting and like kind of figure out like what goes through minds because you know they must be talking about all of these things, right? Dave Filoni is in that room and John Favreau is a huge geek too. Like they, they must sit at this table being like, well, what type of awesome stuff can we do? Because that's, what's making this show so great is that it's, 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 it's got Favreau and Filoni and part of it. It's not mm-hmm. corporate. Yeah. Well, I mean, it totally mm-hmm. is corporate. There's just no question about that, but like, but you have people who give a damn about the <laughs> star Wars universe that are, are show running this thing. It's- and, it, it has really heart, does. and they're all playing together in the same sandbox. I was wondering. Do you imagine that... if they treated the damn movies the same way? <laughs> yeah. No, we, I, Nick and I talked about this on either a previous podcast or post podcast about how this is what I wanted from the beginning. And as we, again, I don't remember if we talked about this or not, but now that like details about George Lucas's sequel trilogy have emerged and some yeah. of just kind of like the larger picture things. If they would have just said, here's the blueprint, guys. Mm-hmm. This is the point A to point B that we want to go. This is the way. You, yeah, this is the way that we're going to go with this. You guys fill in the, the gaps. Yeah. So that it's not like JJ's movie. It's not Ryan Johnson's movie. And it's not JJ versus Ryan Johnson. You know, and that's that's what I love about seeing people like, uh, you know, Bryce... Howard like directs something like this and has her own spin puts, you know, but she doesn't take it over. It's not like right now I'm going to introduce um, frog lady's cousin. The denominator here is all Dave Filoni. Why why is the wig wearing pants? Like he, he, he essentially came up under George Lucas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, he was like George Lucas is like adopted child. For crying yeah. out loud! It's so like if you want to have someone who's more connected to the Star Wars universe, you can't find them if unless you're hiring George Lucas for the job. Like Dave Filoni is literally the best person well, to drive the story. But but to to know that like Lucas had some type of overview vision, yeah. And then within that, they could play within that sandbox. And you know damn well to. George Lucas is sitting there right on on Dave Filoni's shoulders, spitting stuff at him, being like, "Hey, you should go." Well, and do we this. got the we got the name Axe Wolves, so yeah. there's you that. know, 
So, I mean, he can tell us with him. And I think that's, I mean, at least the rumor articles I've been reading about that is that Lucas is a frequent visitor to the Mandalorian awesome. set. And awesome. this is this is what's gotten the juices in him kind of going again. And that, like, he, that's the rumor is that he has kind of been asking for him to make his own original uh, sequels. You know, he wants mm-hmm. to actually make them. Now, will they be canon? Who knows? Because uh, Disney might say, "Well, you can make them, but ours are still the canon ones." You know, but I don't see. I don't see how they're ever going to rewrite right. seven, eight, nine. That's just not right. going to happen. But what's to say that we don't get an episode ten with Baby Yoda's all of a sudden grown up and a Jedi like a hundred years after the fact? Because Lucas's original vision for the Ewok movies was that that was supposed to take place a hundred years after Jedi, because right. he was just like, "Eh, let's just shove this way in the the distance." So whether or not you watch the Ewok movies or the holiday special, everybody's celebrating Life Day tomorrow. It's November seventeenth. Um, we could we could talk some more. Um, I like the the vision that we also get. I just you know it'd be sad to not mention that the 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 vision of the starfish squid like creature as it looks at Baby Yoda. He's like oh you know, and then mm-hmm. it gets squished. That was neat to see it through the spider eyes too, like the the multi eyes. I was like that's cool. I wanted to also mention that that was not the first time that we saw the Gazanti class freighter. Oh no. So it, it has appeared in episode one. It has appeared in uh, episode two. And of course a lot in rebels as well mm-hmm. as uh, clone wars. So yeah. very cool. It's often used as a, uh, a tie fighter transport. Yes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. And I've, I've played a lot of uh, the, uh, there was a Star Wars game that my, my brother and I played a lot with uh, ships. And uh, um, I can't think of the name of the game now. It's, it's escaping me. But uh, that was one of the, one of the you know, uh, pieces that you could use was that. And you could attach TIE Fighters to it. So it was really, really kind of a cool, cool ship. Um, well, I wanted to try to keep this as close to an hour as possible. So I feel like we could talk Star Wars. And we probably will touch on a little bit of this on our other show that we do, the RCAD, you can check us out on the Ramblecast After Dark, where Chris, Nick, and Jack and I talk about all things other than Star Wars, and sometimes some Star Wars. Um, if you like this show, please rate and review us on iTunes. We would appreciate that. Uh, you can also send us an email at theforceiswelldone at gmail.com, all spelled out. Chris came up with all of these wonderful titles and we're really happy to have him back on the show this week. Thank you so much. I name stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Thanks Chris for joining us. Uh, you know, we miss you, man. So I know that you can't always, make- I miss you guys too. I'm glad, I'm glad it worked yeah. out. Um, we'd like to thank some patrons. You can become a patron by going over to J That is our house. <laughs> uh, you can help us by becoming a patron there are some patrons that make this show possible we'd like to thank them at this point point. and as you know I like to come up with Star Wars themed names for them at the end of the show hope these work for you hitting towards the fences with some of these maybe maybe I won't get there as far but I thought last week's was no the first week it was good yeah, yeah. yeah last week was, uh, but we have Tack Axe Wolves yeah we saw them Sure. Not to be outdone. There's Eckhart Koska, Richter Reeves. Yeah, I, I fit it all in there somehow. Wow. <laughs> Ed, the Adat ship carrier. I'm, I'm a big fan of Mon Calamari mechanic Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> Jettison, the cargo bay, Juan, and Gazanti class Greg. 
Thank you for doing what you do. You make this show possible. This was a great show, guys. This was one in a million, don't you think? Yeah. (laughs) So anticlimactic. (laughs) (laughs) Whichever way you want it to be. Happy Life Day, everybody. Check out the Lego show that's going to be released on the 17th. It's going to be a lot better than the original. May the force be with you.